Late Night Council is a production of Council Communications. This is Late Night Council. This is bigger. This is very big. There's definitely something here. Apparently, it's a big deal. It's all over the news. It's the real thing. A radio signal from another world. John Council. That's my grandpa. Well, your story is very compelling. Your chance to make history. That's pretty cool, I guess. Give it to me straight. John, you're in charge. Welcome, 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 particularly those that are listening uh, from across the, uh, you know, the continent. On this, our, in Canada, our Victoria Day weekend. Victoria Day, what is that? Yeah, do you know that we're now the only country in the world that celebrates Victoria Day? They don't even celebrate it in England anymore. They moved on past that long ago. Yeah, this is a uniquely Canadian holiday. Or as I like to explain it, I tried to explain it to my congregation this morning, which is a very young congregation, you know, uh, before 1970. And those of you that are, oh, uh, you'd have to be at least 50 to remember this, maybe even 53, 54, okay? You remember, we never called it Victoria Day. We called it Firecracker Day. Remember we called it Firecracker Day? Because, oh, we would celebrate by having firecrackers. And I don't know what you did in your neighborhood, but we had firecracker wars and we would blow up things. And, oh, it was wonderful, delightful fun. Until, you know, the the, the, the no fun can came in and just killed everything. And now if you want to buy fireworks, you got to sneak them over the border. And, and of course, I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying if you want to do that, that's, you know, that's what you have to do. And, uh, uh, boy, I remember being in Singapore on Chinese New Year. One of the most spectacular. Remember, this is after going like 30 years without. Oh, no, about. Oh, this is in my 20s. So I've, I've got about 15, 20 years without seeing, you know, firecrackers. You should see what they do in Singapore. Like most of them live in, in apartments and they stick out these things like they look like flagpoles out their balconies and they string. Oh, they string. I, I saw strings of firecrackers, at least, oh, three, four, six hundred firecrackers. And these aren't these little ladyfingers things. These are big cherry bomb firecrackers. They string them all down, and you can hear for hours and hours and hours, and they light them all off at the same time. Remember when you light off a whole pack at the same time, and it would go pop, 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 pop. Well, in Singapore, imagine 600 of those. Only there's thousands, thousands of people doing it on Chinese New Year. Absolutely spectacular. You youngins that are listening here, oh, man, you have been so deprived not growing up with firecrackers. I mean, come on, adult supervision. Okay, yeah, don't be stupid with them. I know somebody probably got hurt and then it ruined it for all of us, you know. Or somebody was mixing, you know, the parents weren't watching and, you know, because they were getting plastered on Victoria Day. And he just ruined it for everybody. Anyway, happy Victoria Day. And I want you to know I got a special Victoria Day tune. It is so Canadian, and I'm playing it for all you expatriate Canadians that are listening, you know, in California and Germany and across around the world, because, uh, of course, this is the World Wide Web, folks, and it really is worldwide. And, uh, by the way, welcome to Late Night Council. If you want to know who this raving maniac is, it's uh, always Ask the Pastor. I know that sounds kind of strange after the opening I just gave you, but it is Ask the Pastor. Uh, the theme of Sunday nights is, you know, I take a biblical perspective on everything, and uh, whatever you bring to the program, I got all kinds of stuff. I want to talk about tonight. If you've been following me on Twitter, I've kind of let the cat out of the bag out of the summer stuff I want to talk about. Of course, you could talk about whatever you want to talk about. 
And here are your phone lines. This is live right now. If you're listening to podcasts, don't pay attention to it. Of course, I, I, hopefully you're not that dumb that I have to explain it to you. But if it's live right now, okay, it is like, it is like oh, it is, it is four minutes after nine Eastern, Eastern Daylight Time, okay? This is live. You can call in. You can hijack the show. You can take it in, in a number of directions. Uh, the Capital Region phone line, that's for Ottawa, Gatineau, Hull, Aylmer, Buckingham, Arnprior, uh, 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 Richmond, uh, Embrun, uh, you know, all points in between. Even, you know, downtown in the Parliament buildings. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. That is the Capital Region phone line. The line for all across North America, and I mean even those exotic places that we try to call out and feel, make them feel like they're connected to the program. I mean, if you're calling from Sackville, uh, New Brunswick, if you're calling from, I don't know, if you're calling from Rackettown, Georgia, if you're calling from Floyd's Knobs, Indiana, yes, there's a place called Floyd's Knobs. I'm, I'm promising you these are all uh, uh, real places. If you're calling from Teapot Dome, Michigan, your number is one 844 5624766 that's 1844 LNC that's late night council is on 1844 LNC is on or if you like numbers 1844-562-4766. That's 1844-562-4766. Whatever is on your mind, and uh, I got to be pumped and I got to be stoked because I know everybody is doing the kick off the summer thing. Because those of you that are listening that are not in Canada, Victoria Day weekend is is the official start of. I know that the calendar and the equinox junk and all that stuff says you know June twenty fourth. No, 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 no. Summer begins whether the kids are out of school or not. Summer really officially begins in Canada. May 24th. That's when you open up the pool. That's when you go up to the cottage and get it ready for those weekend getaways. And that's when we fondly remember when we used to play with firecrackers when we were kids. But that's all gone now, okay? Now, so there's the phone numbers. Callers always take precedence on this show, okay? I've got tweets. I've got emails. People, you know, have already emailed. They've tweeted in. They want to be part of the show. That's great. We love you tweeting in at JW Council. That's how you tweet at me, JW Council. And it's probably a good thing to give me a follow, too, because you've got a heads up of what I'm talking about on the program. And I... If you follow me on Twitter, you know I interact with people that tweet back and forth and have a lot of fun with it, okay? So JW Council is the Twitter exchange. Um, we're on Facebook too. If you go late night council on the Facebook, uh, 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 on the Facebook venue, I don't interact with Facebook as much as I do. I do that during the week. I'll yak back and forth with people on Facebook, but not live live. We actually look at Twitter. If you're tweeting in and, and you may get a tweet to uh, put on the air email JC at late night council.com keep it under six lines. It's gotta be under six lines or I don't even look at it. It's gotta be airworthy and it's gotta be under six lines. Okay. JC at late night council.com is the email address. Open line, open top. Topic, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, like I said, it's nice to have the emails. It's nice to have the tweets. But but the calls will always take precedence, okay? The calls will always take precedence. And I want to hype again. I've got the perfect Canadian Victoria Victoria Weekend song that we're going to play. And, of course, because we're not heavy on commercials yet, I, I play tunes. And it's a lot of fun, okay? And, oh, it's going to be so appropriate. Oh, the production values of this program have just gone through the roof. I'll tell you. It's just amazing. I'm Now, you'd never know... And I was going to ta- start off the show by saying how much of a bad mood I'm in. You never know I'm in a bad mood, would you? You never know I'm I'm dark. Of course, a lot of people who are you know bipolar, manic, depressive, you know, they come off as being very happy all the time. And people that suffer from that horrible mental illness, uh, for instance, let me get the, the textbook example is a guy like Robin Williams. Okay, you can make people laugh, beloved. Okay, and it was just you just dark. 
On the inside, I've had a dark day today. Well, it wasn't bad. Church was fantastic, as it usually is, okay? Um, but then my afternoon, oh, my goodness. You see, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, maybe it should be ask the caller. Maybe you should be calling in and giving me advice tonight. Maybe you should be setting me straight. Maybe you should be giving your take on, you know, the, the biblical perspective. Because I'm one of these bozos that's a hockey fan, Okay. And, uh, yeah, I haven't grown up yet. And I know, you know, if you want to criticize and say, oh, counsel, you know, what are you doing talking about that? You're right. You really are. But it's, a, it's an addiction that I haven't shaken yet, okay? My beloved Ottawa Senators got pasted today. I mean, they got creamed. They're in the conference final. And, you know, what a great hockey team. This is a small market here, okay? We have Metro Ottawa is about 1.4 million, Okay. It's not a big market team. Metro Montreal, three three and a half million. Metro Toronto, five million. And when you get into the states, you're getting into like New York, seventeen million. I mean, crazy. It's a small market team, okay? And I was reading an article earlier in the week that said that you know since they've come into the league, they are by far and away the most successful Canadian franchise of all of them when it comes to wins and losses and everything. Okay, if you don't count, I mean, the last time the cup came to Canada was with the Canadians in '93, so it's been that long. The Sens only came in the league in '92, '93. Okay. So they're a great team. And here they are, against all odds, playing against the defending Stanley Cup champions for the conference final. And, they got, and they've been doing good, really good. They got killed today. They got killed. They got killed 7 nothing. And they're, they're down three games to two. One more loss, and the season's over. It's over. Now, I, I, it could be a lot worse, okay? I could be a Leafs fan. Now, now that would be horrible. That would be really horrible. And as I mentioned on Twitter, I told people I was going to give a biblical perspective. Why am I even bringing this up? Because this is Ask the Pastor. It's late night. Why are you talking hockey, John? Well, first of all, because I have a problem. I'm a hockey fan. And second of all, I told you I can put a biblical perspective on anything. And I was thinking, yeah, I'm feeling really down about my Ottawa Senators here. But, you know, at least I'm not a Leaf fan. And, and, and you know, I think that Leaf fans, that's Toronto Maple Leaf fans, who yeah, have proven to the world that they can't win a Stanley Cup unless there's only six teams in the league. And even if you're mediocre, you know, you're going to win the championship every six years. That's the only time they ever won the Cups so when they're like, so six teams. Well, it's, you know, times have changed. It's a real league now, a real professional league now, okay? But I got thinking, you know, there is a biblical perspective on this. Leaf fans, you Toronto Maple Leaf fans, you have the potential for far more Christ-likeness than anybody, than any other hockey fans. Oh, John, you're kind of stretching here. No, I'm t- look, look, let me read you Romans 5. Here's the biblical perspective on Leaf fans, okay? Here you go, okay? Not only so, this is Romans 5, chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. I mean, my goodness, with all the suffering. You know, and Paul even said, there's another, you know, in Philippians, Paul said, you know, I want to I wanna know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. I would think the potential for Christ-likeness among Leaf fans is probably greater than any other uh, hockey fan. Because all the suffering they've put up with, my goodness, they should be able to relate to Christ's suffering better than anybody. But then again, the Bible's talking about suffering for Jesus' sake, not suffering because you cheer a lousy hockey team. So, never mind. Hey, it was an attempt, you know. 
343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. Folks, it won't be this stupid for the rest of the program. I promise you, okay? It's, it's, it's going to be good. i got good stuff for you. You're going to be glad you tuned in. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390 in the capital region if you want to interrupt or you want to, or maybe you want to steer the course of the show to maybe something a little more eternal and a little bit more, oh, I don't know, profitable spiritually. Uh, they will be profitably spiritually for you. I, in fact, it may be profitable in all sorts of ways for you. Tonight. Just hang in there. I'll get to, I'll get to the good stuff. one 844 is the long-distance line. That's one 844 Now, I told you I got a treat for you. I got you because it's Victoria Day weekend. And because we have a lot of people listening, not just in Canada, I wanted, I wanted everybody listening, that, particularly non-Canadians, okay, listening from around the world here, I wanted to give them a bit of Canadian culture. And I'll bet a lot, even people that are, that, that are listening in Canada, um, everybody knows Stompin' Tom Connors, who has, you know, departed from us, and I, you know, I trust someday I'll see him. I don't know if he's in heaven or not, you know, and we talk about that on Ask the Pastor a lot, don't we? People think, you know, that, that somebody's in heaven just because they like them. That's not what the Bible teaches. I really hope he made it, because I really like Stompin' Tom, you know? I mean, you can't even categorize his music. He's, he's uh, you know, he's kind of folk, he's kind of country, but he's he's Canadian, Okay. And I don't, I can't remember the last time I played a, a, a Stompin' Tom uh, Connors a song on my show, and I don't think I've ever, ever played this tune. But this is, this is the perfect, and I'm telling you, this is the perfect Victoria Day weekend Stompin' Tom Connors song. I'm going to play it for you. When we come back, we'll get right to the phones. We'll get right to the stuff that I want to talk about. And I don't know, you might be calling in by then. So stay with us. Backyarding, backyarding, that's a chit-chat party in the garden. Just a barbecue with a friend or two where you don't give up, beg your pardon. That's backyarding. I may go broke on a business deal and I phoned up Uncle Lou. He said, when I'm backyarding, boy, I don't care what you do. Backyarding, backyarding. That's a chit-chat party in the garden Just a barbecue with a friend or two Where you don't give up, beg your pardon That's backyarding Well, I'm on the phone trying to get alone And I called up Cousin Fred He said, when I'm backyarding, boy You might as well be dead Backyarding, backyarding That's a chit-chat party in the garden just a barbecue with a friend or two Where you don't give up, beg your pardon That's backyarding Well, I had to phone my rich Aunt Joan Would you like to buy some shares? She said, when I'm backyarding, boy I mind my own affairs Backyarding, backyarding That's a chit-chat party in the garden Just a barbecue with a friend or two Where you don't give up, beg your pardon That's backyarding Old brother Clyde, I can't survive if I don't get some loot. He said, when I'm backyarding, brother, I just don't give a hoot. Backyarding, backyarding, that's a chit-chat party in the garden. Just a barbecue with a friend or two where you don't give a beg your pardon. That's backyarding. Now don't you know that business deal came through for me at last And I say this old backyarding stuff is really quite the gas And everybody's on the phone, my relatives wanting dough I say it's too bad I'm backyarding, friends, but there's one place you can go Backyarding, 
backyard. That's a chit-chat party in the garden. Just a barbecue with a friend or two where you don't give up, beg your pardon. That's backyarden. Backyarden, backyarden. That's a chit-chat party in the garden. Just a barbecue with a friend or two where you don't give up, beg your pardon. That's backyarden. 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 Is, is that not the perfect Victoria Day weekend song? I mean, come on. And again, okay, again, that's not my style of music. But but if you don't like Stompin' Tom Connors, I, I, and you're Canadian, you, you I think you need to tra- trade your citizenship in. I, you, can't, you can't love, you can't not love Stompin' Tom Connors if you're Canadian. The guy is like... I'm sure that somewhere on his body, there's you know there's a there were a, a birthmarks in the shape of uh, maple leaves. I'm sure. Beloved Stompin' Tom Connors back now that you that tune's going to stick in your head for the oh, hope for the west the rest of the weekend you know especially if you're out doing the barbecue thing back here I'm not going to sing I won't do that to you that'd be torture wouldn't it no three four three seven hundred forty three ninety it's ask the pastor tonight on late night council as it always is three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four four five six two four seven six six is the long distance line. That's one eight four four five six two four seven six six. It is uh, May the twenty first. Uh, my mom's birthday was yesterday. I have not called her to wish her happy birthday yet. Oh man, that's not good. That's not good. Oh, got to get on that. Was busy like crazy, and I had a great talk with her last week. And you know, Mother's Day called, got her for that, but. So here I am confessing my sins on the air, which, you know, that's not a bad thing. Okay, confess your faults one to another that you might be healed. It's, it's the people that, you know, that, that are not honest. It's the people that kind of pretend that there's nothing wrong. Doesn't, you know, if you want to know God's grace and God's love, you've you got to be able to, to admit you're a sinner, you know. And, and, boy, I'll tell you, not calling your mom on her birthday, that's, that's about as good as sin in my department. So that's something I'm going to have to take care of. But my wife's birthday. My wife was—I uh, won't tell you how old she is—but uh, she, uh, um, her birthday was uh, just this last week as well, and uh, she got a she got a gift card from somebody. Okay, I got a really nice like. Uh, anyway, I won't tell you what I got. It was really nice. Um, she got a gift card uh, from Cineplex Odeon, and I think it was like a hundred bucks or something. Okay. And we've been very, very busy the last three or four months. I've talked a little bit about, okay, we've started a new church here in Ottawa, and it is just, we're just having a blast. It is just awesome, but it's a lot of work, okay? We've been really, really busy, and uh, she's busy with her work, I'm busy with my stuff, and we haven't gone out in a date, like a real date you know, where you go out to dinner or a movie or whatever, like it, oh, it's, it's, it's at least three or four months, four or five months, okay? So we get this gift card. Listen to me. I, I'm saying we get this gift card. You know, she got this gift card, and of course, if you know, she's not going to enjoy a movie unless she takes her favorite person, which is, I know you can't imagine. You wonder why, but it is me. Okay. So as soon as the gift card came out, oh yeah, I'm going to score here. This is great, man. Woo-hoo. And uh, I, I'm a big superhero movie fan. Now Heather and I, opposites attract. Okay, she is about as opposite to me as you can imagine. She is wonderfully gracious and kind and polite and listens to people and has got people skills like you wouldn't believe. Not like the obnoxious pastor that she's married to. Okay, and and you know she, I've been riding her coattails for thirty five, thirty six years. Look, I know how good I got it. I married up big time, really married up big time. But one thing we do have in common is we like the same type of movies. We like superhero movies. Okay, 
So when I found out that Guardians of the Galaxy was coming out with Volume 2, because I saw Volume 1 in 2014, I thought, whoa, this is fun, okay? Because when I was younger, um, being a pastor's kid, we were always moving. I went to six different schools, six or seven different schools when I was growing up. I was always a new kid, okay? And I hated moving. I just hated, you know, going to a new school, making new friends. And, of course, the people that are all hanging out, they've been hanging out with each other since they were in kindergarten. Here I am in it's grade 8, grade 9, 10, whatever, 7, whenever I, I entered the school. Here's the new kid. So I developed quite a, you know, I, I could be probably classified as quite a nerdy kid when I was in school. And, and part of being a nerd is uh, 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 I was really into comic books. I used to deliver the Montreal Star. And I think it was Satan that put the variety store at the end of my paper route on Grand Boulevard in Montreal In Montreal, when I uh, uh, delivered the Montreal Star. Uh, Satan put a variety store that had one of the biggest comic selections that you can imagine. So I would do my collecting. And right, on the, you know, right at the end of the paper route, there was that variety store. And, oh, yeah, all my money, all my paper money went into comic books to the point when I was 13 years old. I had a stack of comic books six feet high, okay, really into the comics. And I remember, I remember when the Guardians of the Galaxy debuted in Marvel Comics in 1969, okay? So, I mean, I had comics book books of this group, you know, going back at least 40 years, 45 years, okay? And the Guardians of the Galaxy back in the early 70s and, and the late 60s were not the, the ragtag crazy bunch you see now. Okay, they had characters like Vance Astro and Martin X and Charlie 27 and the starship that they toured the galaxy was called the Captain America because of their homage to that great hero that lived a thousand years ago. It's out in the future. Okay, so when I heard they made the movie Guardians of the Galaxy 2014, I saw what the what the Guardians of the Galaxy evolved into. I thought, what in the world is this? And I had no expectations of going to see the movie with my wife. Okay, in 2014, I really enjoyed a really fun, crazy movie, you know, didn't take itself too seriously. And, uh, John, why, yeah, this sounds like a Freebie Friday show here. Why are you talking about this stuff? And I said, well, I'm getting somewhere, okay? So it came out, we thought, and, and I talked to a number of people, people that are in my church, and I don't go see movies until I, uh, I, you know, I talk to people. There are some movies that I have gone and seen that I'm almost ashamed that I went and saw them, okay, including some superhero movies. That I just, oh, why did I do this? You know, like some things you can't unsee, and you just feel soiled by them, you know? I do have a conscience. I know... It, it, it may you might some some of you may find that hard to believe, but I do. Okay, and uh, so we thought this is good. We talked to a lot of people. Yeah, it's really good. It's just as good as the as the last one. So we saw it last night. Okay, and because we had a gift card, we wouldn't have done this if we had a gift card. Here in Ottawa, they got one of these VIP Cineplex places. Oh man, I mean, if you if you if you are if you really want to impress your date. Or if you're like me and, and you know, you want a good date with your wife or and, and, or husband, whatever, you got to go to these VIP city, uh, Cineplexus places because they got this. It's like it's a, it's like your first class in an airplane, huge seat that reclines. And this 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 uh, table kind of swings out in front of you and you can actually eat a meal. They bring the food to you that you can order a meal while you're watching a flick. So that's what we did. It was really, really nice. OK. And. Uh, why am I bringing this up on, on Ask the Pastor? Because in my research this week, and uh, one of the sites that I go to often is Christianity Today. Now, Christianity is a very, very respected uh, Christian magazine, okay? It has circulation. I don't know what the circulation is, but it's, it's at least in the, 
Oh, at one time it was probably more than a million. It's probably below that now because circulation is less, but it has a huge online presence. And their news site I go to just about every week before I come on, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, ask the pastor at late night council because I want to see what uh, uh, they've got to say. And lo and behold, they had a movie review. They had a movie review of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Volume 2. And I want to know, oh, I wonder what, the, what they're going to say about it coming from a Christian perspective on this movie. And I'm looking at the review right now, and single space, it's a good two pages long, okay? okay? I printed it up on the computer. It's pretty long. The guy's name is Stephen Burnett. You can look it up. Punch in to Stephen Burnett, Christianity Today, Guards of the Galaxy Volume It's a really, really good review. Very intelligent. But I only, and I agree, I won't give any plot uh, spoilers away or anything, or I might. Who knows, okay? Um, yeah, as if some big media corporation is going to sue me for messing it up, you know, with me broadcasting online here. No, that's not going to happen. Here's one line from the review that I thought Stephen Burnett nailed, nailed it big time, big time, because it speaks to where we are as a culture. It speaks to where we are spiritually in North America. Yeah. You ever think you'd find that in a review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? Here we go. Alas, these interesting characters, these interesting character worlds to explore are frequently outshone by older, familiar, and safer terrain, including the notion we've heard from many movies. Now, here's the notion. I know it's a little bit wordy, but here's the line that really caught me. Here's the, Stephen Burnett is almost saying, this is, the, this is the real message of Guardians of the Galaxy. When you peel away, you know, the, the special effects and the storylines, and I'm more familiar with the storylines and the history and the backstories of all these characters as good as anybody is, okay? Here's, here's what it comes down to. Your biological family may abandon you, but you can always join a new family among your quirky friends. And I thought about that, and, and I've read a number of reviews on this movie, and everybody's saying from the secular standpoint, they're all saying, yeah, it's all about family. It's all about values. It's all about commitment. It's all about, well, hold on here, you know? We are redefining the family in our culture like nobody ever imagined 20, 30 years ago, Okay. And because the, the, the lines of what a family is and because we've redefined family to the point where family now in a political correct sense is anything you want it to be, okay, they're trying to bring the ties of family into commitments that people to have with each other. It's an attempt, and it may sound noble. It may sound great, you know, that, you know, friendships could be wonderful. And I know even Jesus said, greater love hath no man that he lay down his life for his friends, but you can't just create a family, okay? You've heard the term blood is thicker than water, okay? Yeah, because it's biological. We're connected, okay? And to 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 think that you can have the bonds of family just by, you know, uh, 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 hooking in with a bunch of friends, I think is setting people up for uh, a, a lot of disappointment, even more disappointment to make people think, well, I'll just go out and, you know, uh, 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 have a new family or start over again. I'll make my own family. Listen, let me give me some, give some advice on that because I just used a very popular maxim, you know, that, and you've heard it before, blood is thicker than water. And we use that, you know, to define our commitment to family. It's not the same as just friends, okay? And if you think that you can, you can recreate that, okay, if you think that you can... Uh, 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 you can uh, uh, just whip up a, 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 a made to uh, a 
a made-to-order family by getting a group of people together, that's setting yourself up for, uh, for a, a, a pretty heavy disappointment. There is a scripture in the book of Psalms, and, and when we go to the break, I'm going to give you the exact reference, okay? It's a beautiful scripture. It is possible, because I know some of you are thinking already, yeah, well, families aren't perfect. And, and you, you may be listening and thinking, man, the, the greatest abuse I ever had, the biggest betrayal I've ever had, the people who have inflicted more pain in my life come from my family, okay? And, of course, that's a reality as well. But when it comes to, if, if that's where your family is, because that's not what God intended, because in the book of Psalms, and I'll give you the exact reference before, you know, in the next 15 minutes or 20 minutes, okay? Because I don't have it in my notes here, and it'll take me no time to look it up. There's a psalm that says he sets the lonely in families. That's God's will for families. It's God's will that we, we, we are biologically and created. Part of the, 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 uh, the genius of creation was that he set us in families because families, as far as God's will is concerned, as far as what the Bible teaches of being connected together, there's an inbred, there's an inbred sticking together. There's an inbred protection. There's an inbred encouragement. There's an inbred, you know, you're going to get through life if you've got a family. And if the family goes haywire, if the family turns out that, you know, it, 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 it's gone and done its own thing instead of following God, it's possible that he can set people in families. That's what the church is supposed to be all about. The church is supposed to be a family. And I've used this line in my churches for years, and I've proven it over and over and over again, especially in the one I'm in right now. Blood is thicker than water. You heard me say that. But Christ's blood is even thicker than family blood, whereas... When you come into a family relationship in a healthy church, when you join together with people of like faith, why do you think it says in the book of Acts and all throughout the New Testament that they referred to each other in the members of their church, church members, they, they referred to each other as brothers and sisters? Why? Because those ties are powerful and they're wonderful. Now, I want to get that reference for you, okay? But uh, what I'm going to do is, uh, you know, going to take a bit of a break here, okay? It's not a, not a long break, okay? Not a lot of... Uh, we do have these... You see, we are eventually, we're going to be able to give you uh, a news during this show. Yeah, well, I can get news services, and, and uh, as, the, as the ad revenue comes in, we can put news on in the top of the bottom of the hours, but until then, we do a little bit of an information update that we do for you, okay? okay? And uh, we're going to play the information update, and I'm going to give you that reference when we come back, and i still got a ton of stuff to talk about. You can get online. You can talk to us, 343-700-4390 in the Capital Region. It's Late Night Council. Ask the Pastor, 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766 is the long distance line. That's 1-844-562-4766. JC at LateNightCouncil.com is the email address. That's JC at LateNightCouncil.com. And you can tweet at us at JW Council. We're right back after this info update. Stay with us.
So I'm reloading and taking a much-needed break with this here pre-recorded message. You can get a line right now while I'm doing that. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. That's uh, the Capital Region line. That's Ottawa, Gatineau, and close by. If you live far away, the toll-free line all across North America, 1-844-LNC-IS-ON. That's one 844 5624766 Our call service is automated. So you won't be talking to a live person until you're on air. Now don't sweat that. Just follow the on-air prompts and uh, you'll be fine. Trust me, you've handled this kind of technology before. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You can connect with us live at tuneinradio.com or Google Play or just click the listen live button at latenightcouncil.com. But you know, chances are you've already done that. Just kind of a reminder. Council does not exist without advertisers. So if you want to buy time, email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. And the rates are so cheap because, you know, we're just relaunching and getting things going again. You are going to absolutely love the rates. And, of course, your feedback is always welcome. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And thanks for tuning in. We're back live in just a few seconds. So hang in there. tell you some tunes you, you just never get tired of listening to. Uh, Council, you're such an old folk. Yeah, I know, I know. 343-700-4390 is the, long, the, the Capital Region Line. That's 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766 is the Long Distance Line. That's one 844 Open line, open topic. It's Ask the Pastor. It's Late Night Council. And uh, glad to be sharing the evening with you on this wonderful Victoria Day weekend. The only nation in the world that's celebrating Victoria Day now. Wow. 
Now, uh, if you've been following me on Twitter, I wanted to talk about, well, the whole topic of the defunding of the Catholic school system is back in the news because of what's going on in Saskatchewan. And I'll get to that in a second. But about 10 years ago, the UN made a declaration, the United Nations made a declaration that Ontario, Ontario's full funding of the Catholic school system was... It violated human rights. It was unconstitutional, according to the Constitution of the United Nations. Now, I am not a big UN fan. In fact, I think I think it's a useless organization. It is one of the most hypocritical organizations that's, that squanders trillions of dollars, okay? I mean, if they pulled the plug on the UN tomorrow, I wouldn't shed any tears. But I remember that story coming forward, and, and, and I'm not anti-Catholic at all, okay? Please. But I believe they were right. Because if you if you understand what separation of church and state really is, I mean, most people believe separation of church and state means that uh, anybody that has any faith shouldn't have any say whatsoever in how government is run. That's not separation of church and state. The original meaning of separation of church and state means that the state, as it was originally formed, and it's an Amer- originally American idea, it said that the state will not promote one religious denomination over another. And when you've got one religious denomination getting full government funding for its school system, that's unfair. That's unfair to uh, Muslim schools. That's unfair to evangelical schools. That's unfair to whatever type of school, whatever parents want to educate, you know, their children with. It's unfair because it promotes one. And I voiced my opinion. And boy, and I get, oh, man, people were freaking on me. Well, this is not going away, okay? Because it, and again, if you want to argue with me, call in and let me let me know, uh, you know, and give me your say on it, because I don't want to be throwing stuff out there and not giving you an opportunity to respond here. But McLean's magazine, their lead editorial this week, shed some light on this, okay? And and, and I want you to to react, and if you want to give me your say on it, feel free, okay? Last month, Saskatchewan Queens Bench Justice Donald Lay ruled the province's Catholic education system is in violation of Canada's Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Specifically, he found the practice of allowing non-Catholics to attend a fully funded separate school system creates an improper taxpayer subsidy for Catholic evangelization. Allowing one faith group the opportunity at public expense To model the virtues of its religion to non-members is an advantage that offends the state's duty to religious neutrality. Lay wrote, pointing to a Muslim school in Regina that is eager to enjoy a similar financial benefit. Okay? It's not fair. One religion gets preference over the other. That is not fair. And usually people, the proponents of it, well, it goes all the way back to Confederation. Well, the world has changed since Confederation. Okay? And the editorial, and you can find it online, it's easy to find, it, it, it gives the history of it. I don't have time to read you the whole editorial, but I, I want to give you the facts of it. So this is what Saskatchewan is doing. Saskatchewan Premier Brad Wall, who I'm a big fan of, I think Brad Wall, I think, he, honest to God, I think he's the only sane premier in Canada that we have left, okay? That's how much of a big fan of a Brad Wall I am, Okay. Saskatchewan Premier Brad Wall says he intends to invoke the Constitution's rarely used notwithstanding clause to set aside Lay's decision. In other words, they're not going to, even if he has to invoke the notwithstanding clause, they're not going to uh, defund the Catholic system in Saskatchewan. Now, 
course, the, the commentator comments on that. And, of course, I want to hear your comments at 343-700-4390 on this or whatever topic. That's the Capital Region line, 343-700-4390, 1-844-562-4766. I continue with the editorial here. What was once a vulnerable religious minority has now become a faith privileged above all others because it talks about the origins of the Catholics being protected because the, uh, the, the public system was dominated by Protestantism at Confederation dominated by it and they didn't want to see catholics get persecuted so they said okay we'll fund your system too because those were only that those are the only two religious denominations at the time you didn't have muslims in canada back then you didn't have you know uh, t- 25 different branches of protestantism back then okay what was once a vulnerable religious minority has now become a faith privileged above all others this is simply not fair. This is McLean's Magazine's editorial, not mine. The court ruling thus offers an opportunity to reexamine the historical commitment to Catholic education in the context of modern Canada. And the solution isn't to hide behind the notwithstanding clause. So they're dissing Brad Wall. Now, I hesitated reading this editorial because mainstream media is so anti-God so anti-Catholic, so anti-Protestant, anything that smacks of God, they just want to ram atheism down our throat. That should be the only option. And they try to suggest what's no religion at all. That's garbage. Secularism and atheism is just as much a religion as, as Christianity, Islam, or Judaism. Okay? So I, I was kind of rolling my eyes thinking, yeah, I can see where this is going. But then I read the end of the editorial, and I'm telling you, it makes sense. It's really good. Wait till you hear, and I can't believe that McLean's could handle a topic this well. At least I agree with them. I want to hear what you think, of course. This is how they ended the editorial. And I love this. With nearly a thousand religious independent schools in Canada, there's clearly substantial demand for religious education with or without public funding. And while the status quo of offering full public funding for just one religion should no longer be acceptable to Canadians, this doesn't naturally lead to the conclusion that one monolithic, monopolistic public system is appropriate or desirable. Can't believe they got that right. Yeah, you're darn right. Okay, and they go on. In Ontario, for example, Catholic boards deliver a crucial degree of competition and parental choice. Standardized tests routinely show that students in Catholic schools outperform their peers in the public system. Whether this is whether this is uh, rigor, whether the, this rigor is due to religious pedagogy, or simply the result of a smaller rival trying harder, is unclear. Regardless, we can't risk eliminating such an important component of effective education. Pretty smart observation. The obvious and fair solution. I can't believe McLean's is so right on here. Because Anyway, I should stop editorializing and give you their editorial. I agree with you. Here's the rest of it. The obvious and fair solution is to find a way to incorporate greater choice and religious freedom in schooling rather than less. Then it cites some terrific examples. In Alberta, private schools that need curriculum, that meet curriculum and teaching standards, receive 70% of the per-pupil amounts provided to the public and Catholic schools. In Saskatchewan, B.C., Manitoba, and Quebec, independent schools can receive up to 50%. Are all, by the way, private religious schools in Ontario, they receive zero. Zero! Even though their standards of education are way past the public system. And most of them are even past the, past the Catholic system as well. But they get no funding whatsoever. Okay? So it's 50% in B.C., 
Manitoba, Quebec, and Saskatchewan. Our ultimate goal should be to offer full funding for all students in whatever school their parents choose, religious or otherwise. Let's use this opportunity to deliver real school choice to families in a way that's fair to everyone. I can't believe in secular media that they could write an editorial that 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 is that intelligent when it comes to when it comes to parents wanting to educate their kids the way they want to instead of being forced by a system. John Tory when he tried to run for the conservative leadership, you might remember in Ontario, this was a major issue. He wanted to correct this problem. He wanted it to be fair. He wanted religious schools that had higher educational standards than the public or the Catholic system. He said it's not fair that they don't get some of the funding. And you know what happened. The teachers union, the left-wing media, they crucified him. They just destroyed him in Ontario. Man, you're not going to touch our socialistic atheistic monopoly. We got all of Ontario believing that that's no religion at all, when that's exactly what it is. You got the state promoting the religion of atheism above every other faith. So you got families, and I have met hundreds of them. You got families that are forking out five to ten thousand dollars a year to educate their kids so that their faith is not going to be assaulted, and it is assaulted in the public school system. It is ridiculed. Kids are bullied because I've had to counsel families that put up with that nonsense. Government-funded persecution of anybody that has any type of different opinion on uh, uh, all the topics that are being uh, taught in school. Oh, we're going to celebrate Earth Day because that's not a religious holiday. It is too a religious holiday. You can't say Christmas, you can't say Easter, but boy, you better turn those lights off when it's Earth Day because that's the God we worship here. Thank God some of us can see through the hypocrisy. 343-743-90, that is the Ottawa line. That's 343-743-90, all through the Capital Region. 1-844-562-4766. Is the long distance line? That number is good for all over North America. One eight four four five six two four seven six six. JC at latenightcouncil dot com is the email address. It's got to be under six lines. JC at latenightcouncil dot com. You can tweet at me at JW Council. I'm going to have a drink of water. I'm going to clear my throat. I'm going to make some obnoxious noises that if the microphone was on, oh, it would be really gross. Okay, so i got to take a break to do that, and we'll be right back. Stay with us.
recognize that tune? Oh, some of you do. Probably the best version of this song I've ever heard. For those of you who don't know, this is uh, the name of the tune is Black Hole Sun. It was originally performed and written by Soundgarden, whose uh, leader, and I believe he wrote this tune, Chris Cornell, committed suicide this week after a show in Detroit. Now, this version is not Soundgarden's version. This version, believe it or not, this instrumental version of Black Hole Sun, it's Peter Frampton's version. Yeah, not kidding you. And I got a lot of stuff. I got a lot of stuff I want to say. And, you know, if we have time, maybe we'll play a little bit more of that uh, uh, instrumental version of Black Hole Sun. There's a lot of stuff that's uh, been put out this week about Chris Cornell, the leader of Soundgarden, that I want to talk about. And it's, it's heavy-duty stuff. And you won't want to miss that. But, uh, hey, I got somebody on the line here. We're going to find out who's calling us. Who's on the line? Hi, it's uh, Jim from Ottawa. Hi, Jim. How you doing? Thanks for calling in. What's on good. your mind? Good, good, good. Uh, no, I th- thank you for your comments on uh, on, on uh, Catholic school funding. I'm a, I'm a practicing Catholic, mm-hmm. and uh, so you haven't got it down totally yet. You're still practicing. <laughs> I'm uh, very good, Jim. The, Jim, uh, Jim one, I, I, I hate to interrupt you. I hate to interrupt you, but you need to know the perspective I'm coming from here. Okay? No, I, no, no. I'm not. I'm not going to argue at all. No, I, no, no, I, I, know I, I, I know you're not. I know you're not. I know you're not. But I want to get this out there anyway because there may be some people thinking that you know I, I'm trying to diss somebody. Okay. I have four kids, all of them hyper-successful, okay? Three of them, I'm thrilled, were able to go to a Catholic high school. And I am so thankful they were able to do that because they were also in the public school system before they got into the the Catholic system. And I'm telling you, I got tired. I got tired of my kids' faith being assaulted in a so-called fair public system. It's anything but. And I've counseled too many families, you know, to believe otherwise. Anyway, I interrupted you, and I'm sorry, Jim. Continue. But what, 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 what year did the youngest graduate from Catholic high school? The youngest graduated from Catholic high school, let's see. Oh, that would have been oh three maybe, or oh two. No, oh, no, later. Okay. No, no, no. It would have been about 08, 08, 08, 08, 09. Okay, so about, 10, about 10 years ago. Yeah. Just a couple points of context. One thing was that the Catholic bishops of Ontario, when John Tory was running on that platform, actually strongly supported it and actually realized that it was unfair yeah. and said that uh, they, the Catholic bishops, the leaders of the Catholic Church, wanted full funding for all religious entities. So it's not the hierarchy or many practicing Catholics that are actually... No, I know uh, that, and I'm glad, I'm glad you it, it was actually the, It was it, actually the Catholic Teachers Union and... and uh, or so-called Catholic Teachers Union yeah, and I others that were, were against John Tory's thing. Uh, the other thing to note, I think, and I, I, I totally agree with the... I believe what the uh, they're calling for is vouchers, and uh, but there are actually many practicing Catholics in Ottawa and other cities that feel that their kids get bullied actually in the Catholic school system yep. by, yep. Uh, and so there's actually private Catholic schools in Ottawa. There's yep. three of them that I know of. I know people uh, I that send their kids to some of those private Catholic schools. I, and exactly again, like what you said, they're five to ten thousand. Five to ten thousand dollars each. Yeah, um, because they're getting bullied themselves. Yeah, even so, in the Catholic I mean, a lot system. of people. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. Yep. I yep. mean, it's gotten worse and worse over the years. Yep. Uh, last, uh, just last month, the UACTA, the Catholic Teachers Union, uh, not last month, sorry, in February, signed a letter supporting abortion uh, with Can no consequences. They signed a letter. 
Yeah, they sign if you Google Oecta and I know you're telling the I know you're telling the truth, but I mean, can you believe a a system that calls itself Catholic supporting abortion? You got to be kidding me! Exactly. You know. So yeah, just Google Oecta and Fafia, F A F I A, and you'll see it come up now. uh, And so, matter of fact, in my situation, I will probably uh, I send my kids to a Catholic private school. Uh, I will not be sending them to a Catholic high school. I'm actually going to send them to Redeemer, which is a Protestant uh, high school, the only uh, Christian or one of the main yep, Christian Protestant it. high schools in the city. So that's exactly so that's the, that's my situation where I can't even send as a as a as a practicing Catholic. My I don't feel I can send my kids to a Catholic high school, so called Catholic high school. So I really think that uh, you know uh, uh, vouchers are the way to go. My only concern, of course, is as soon as the government gets their hooks. In with funding, then they start uh, demanding certain things, whether it be GSA, right. etc. So the whole right. reason that the Catholic school system has uh, deteriorated so much and become so, what I would say, anti-Catholic and anti-Christian, it's, it is because of school funding. So, so be careful for what you ask well, for. Well, but Jim, that depends on the government because out in Alberta, it works true. great. They go with the voucher system. Well, and I think uh, they still uh, have some to, semblance. Up to, up to Rachel Notley. Uh, now exactly. the NDP's in. If you research what's going on lately there, yes, I, uh, I've the been Catholic researching. It. I know what's GSAs, going on there. Cetera, so. I got a ton of friends out there, and I got relatives out there. But here's the here's the silver yeah. lining in that cloud out there. She is going to get her butt kicked so bad in the next election. Uh, I mean, she, I, yeah, she has, I, 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 the I, NDP, I, the I, NDP will never rule in Alberta again after Rachel Notley. Okay, you know yeah, what happened I, out I, there, so Jim. If I was in Alberta, the, I'd be much. I'd be very, I'd be, I'd be, uh, you know, confident. Yeah. Unfortunately, in Ontario, uh, given the uh, what my uh, co-provincial other people in the province seem to think, I don't, I don't, I don't depend on them to be able, able to vote out uh, the Liberal or the NDP. So, yeah, yeah, um, I, I'm, I think there should be funding for everyone, or at least some sort of tax. Uh, system or a voucher system. But, but okay, but, now, Jim, uh, you don't the, mean for everyone. You don't mean for everyone. What you mean is for the provinces that pri- provide 50% that I listed, and Alberta provides 70%, yeah. if they meet minimum educational standards, okay? And, uh, th- yeah, these, but the province doesn't really care about education standards. What the province cares about is more on the moral things, like bringing in GSAs, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, they're all, I don't think they actually care about the education standards. But that's the only way you're going to so, get fully fun- full funding for you know uh, 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 schools where the parents choose is if you bring up some type right. of educational standards. You and I know that, especially in the public yeah. system and increasingly in the Catholic system, they're not even about education anymore. They're about indoctrination. Exactly. They're about ideology. Social okay? justice. Social Justice, math, and things oh, like that. So I'm, I'm 100% agreeing ready. with you. I just wanted to give that warning that you know that full funding is uh, has its uh, has its. You have to be very very careful about it. And just to say that there are a lot of practicing Catholics, and the more practicing they are, the more devout they are. They probably the more they agree with you, <laughs> with as far as uh, full funding for all religions and uh, you know choice uh, for schools and uh, uh, vouchers for, for kids, et cetera. So the more developed the Catholic, I would say 90% of the time they're going to agree with you more. Jim, so I just want to say, say that. Good Thank you very much. Thanks Bye. for calling in. 343-700-4390. I told you, calls take precedence over, over uh, emails, et cetera. 343-700-4390, That's one 844 I was uh, talking a little bit about Chris Cornell, and uh, you know, the, you people that are not rock fans, just you know, kind of, kind of play along with us here. And uh, I was never a big Soundgarden fan. Okay, they're a little bit after my time, um, but I was very familiar with their uh, uh, music. And uh, 
I got to bring this up too. I used to do rock seminars in the eighties when I youth pastored, and those rock seminars they were like this is before PowerPoint, before you know uh, computer screens and all this you know incredible technology that they have now. I mean, I remember g- going across the continent and overseas, you know, teaching these rock seminars, giving biblical perspective on the whole rock culture and what was going on with our young people. And I remember researching, and and it went right into the nineties because Soundgarden came in at the end of the eighties, and they were really big in the early nineties. And I remember the video from the tune that I was playing the Peter Frampton version of, uh, Black Hole Sun. If you look at the lyrics of Black Hole Sun, and if you watch the video, it is a parody on the rapture, that theological concept that you hear a lot of Christians talk about. And if you watch the video, Chris Cornell, the way he wrote that tune, basically it's a cry for Black Hole Sun. Get these white conservative Christians off the planet. Just get rid of them. Black Hole Sun, won't you come and take them all away, okay? And the video shows these people disappearing so that the people that are not Christians can have their fun and enjoy their life and they don't have all these repressive, fuddy-duddy, legalistic people looking down on them. It was a real parody on the rapture, Black Hole Sun. Probably the biggest hit that they had. I love the tune. That's why I won't I won't have in my possession the original, but Peter Frampton, I always liked the way he played guitar, and I love that tune. So you got a bit of a taste of it tonight. But just sad, really sad, you know, that, that another guy, uh, well, uh, the Ottawa Sun today handled this, okay, and I thought they handled it pretty well. And uh, the headline read, only Eddie Vedder left. Eddie Vedder's the lead singer for Pearl Jam. And of the big, you know, grunge bands that came out of the Seattle grunge rock movement, Pearl Jam's the only one that's left. And it lists, it it catalogs what happened to the rest of them. Mother Lovebone's frontman, Andrew Wood, who the New York Times said could have been the first of the big league Seattle rock stars, died of a heroin overdose in 1990. Of course, Kurt Cobain, probably the highest profile suicide, took a shotgun, blew his head off, former lead singer, and, uh, you know, the, 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 the pulse and the leader, the, the uh, soul of uh, uh, Nirvana. Uh, singer Lane Staley and bassist Mike Starr from Alice in Chains, also from Seattle, each died of drug-related causes in 2002 and 2011, respectively. In 2015, Stone Temple Pilots frontman Scott Whalen died of an overdose on his tour bus. You see the pattern? The pattern is quite noticeable here. And it's not the first time that a rock star has done himself in. And I've referred to this interview many times, and it was only about, oh, it's only about 10 or 15 years ago when I was watching Pete Townsend, the leader of The Who. And he wrote about this in his biography. He said, and his actual words were, there is a fire, there is an energy behind rock and roll. There's a fire there, and it consumes. And he said, it's only recently that I've discovered what's fueling that fire. It's bodies, the bodies of my friends. And, of course, he lost Keith Moon, his drummer, and uh, John Entwistle. You know, uh, uh, Keith Moon died of a, uh, you know, uh, in an alcoholic drug, uh, drug binge. John Entwistle overdosed on cocaine, the bass player. And you go down the list. I mean, when I did my rock seminars, I would end, I would end uh, the, the rock seminars going through the list of all of the rock stars that went to untimely deaths because of their addiction to rock and roll. And, and you know, the whole spirit of rock and roll, live fast, die young, and leave a nice corpse. Live for today, live for pleasure, okay? And young kids, you know, you know party till you drop, and, you know, especially in, in, in hard rock that it can be so violent and so aggressive. You're being lied to, being ripped off. And Pete Townsend was right. 
It consumes. It destroys people. And I used to end the rock seminar. Listen to this. I'm going to go past the 10 o'clock hour. Don't worry, okay? It's my, my network here, my program. I can do whatever I want here, okay? I used to end that seminar by going through the list, and while I was going through the list and putting slides of Janis Joplin and Jimmy, Jimi Hendrix and Brian Jones from the Rolling Stones and John Belushi and all of these rock stars that did themselves in. And in the background, I would be playing Hell's Bells by ACDC. Oh, Hell's Bells is a real favorite at football games and hockey games, you know, to get the crowd going. There's this gong that you hear in the background. It sounds really spooky and mysterious. And I would put the lyrics up on the screen because not many people think about the lyrics to Hell's Bells. I'm going to read you the lyrics to Hell's Bells, okay? Because this is what's been going on in, in rock culture, particularly in the music culture, for decades. I'm rolling thunder. I'm pouring rain. I'm coming on like a hurricane. My lightning's flashing across the sky. Tell me this doesn't sound like Satan speaking to a culture here, okay? Can you see, if the devil is real, if Lucifer is a real entity like the Bible teaches that he is, tell me this doesn't sound like what he's doing here and what he's been doing for decades, deceiving and abusing and destroying talented people, particularly in the rock culture. My lightning's flashing across the sky. You're only young, but you're going to die. I won't take no prisoners, won't spare no lives. Nobody's putting up a fight. I got my bell. I'm going to take you to hell. I'm going to get you. Satan gets you. Hell's bells. Difficult for me to get into it at a hockey game when I hear that tune going on, when I know the lyrics. It hits a little bit too close to home. Because this is coming from a rock and roll fan. This is coming from somebody who learned how to play drums on, you know, to John Bonham and Led Zeppelin. And I don't like seeing people lied to. But that's why the Bible says in John 3 that when, you know, people live in darkness until the light of Christ comes in. And when the light comes on, then you can see what's really going on. And we got a whole culture that's stumbling around spiritually blind. They don't know their butt from their elbow when it comes to morality and spirituality. They don't know why, they don't know why the whole culture is falling apart. Because, and I'll do it again, every Sunday night we keep mentioning Romans 1. We live in a Romans 1, 18 to 32 culture. Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 32. It perfectly describes the culture that we live in. We have turned our back on God, and even though our experts and uh, you know our commentators are professing to be wise, the Bible calls them fools because they didn't think it profitable to retain the knowledge of God. So what did God do? He let them loose and gave them over to a perverted or a depraved mind to do the things that ought not to be done. And we are reaping the whirlwind of the morality that we have, saw, that we have sown for decades now. And Chris Cornell is another notch in the devil's belt as far as I'm concerned. Poor guy. You know, and my heart goes out to their families but these guys have lived a lie, you know, and I'm convinced that the devil makes sure that he's got his greatest proponents. He keeps them wealthy. He creates this facade that this is the only way to live, you know, might makes right. He who dies with the most toys wins. Get all you can, can all you get, and then sit on your can. And if you get enough money and you get enough sex and you get enough power, everything's going to be wonderful. 
diametrically opposed to what Christ is the one that said, look at the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. And that's what the devil's been doing with his deception since creation. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. And then Jesus says, but I have come that you might have life and you might have it to the full. Going to take an info break. Then we're going to be right back with more stuff. And hopefully your calls, too. 343 on that topic. Whatever else is on your mind, i still got a ton of stuff i got to fit into the next hour. 343-700-4390. is the long-distance line. That's 1-844-562-4766. JC at LateNightCouncil.com is the email address. And you can tweet at me at JWCouncil. Stay with us. So I'm reloading and taking a much-needed break with this here pre-recorded message. You can get a line right now while I'm doing that. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. That's uh, the Capital Region line. That's Ottawa, Gatineau, and close by. If you live far away, the toll-free line all across North America. 1-844-LNC-IS-ON. That's one 844 562-4766 Our call service is automated so you won't be talking to a live person until you're on air Now don't sweat that, just follow the on air prompts and uh, you'll be fine, trust me, you've handled this kind of technology before, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to me right now You can connect with us live at tuneinradio.com or Google Play or just click the listen live button at latenightcouncil.com but you know, chances are you've already done that, just kind of a reminder Council does not exist without advertisers. So if you want to buy time, email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. And the rates are so cheap because, you know, we're just relaunching and getting things going again. You are going to absolutely love the rates. And, of course, your feedback is always welcome. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And thanks for tuning in. We're back live in just a few seconds. So hang in there.
Welcome back. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. In the Capital Region, 1-844-562-4766 is the long-distance line. That's 1-844-562-4766. I think it's time for a mic call. I think we got Mike on the line. Mike, are you on the line? I'm on the line, John. See, I'm recognizing the phone number, Um, dude. (laughs) Yeah. You're getting better at being call screener. What's on your mind there, Di- uh, Mike? Well, I wanted to uh, reinforce. We say it, we said it lots of times, and people sort of know it's true, but it always bears. It, it means more when you actually hear certain quotes and things. In other words, I said so it once before, but it bears founders, repeating, right? Well, when yeah, exactly. And when you hear the quotes, you it reinforces that yeah, that really is true. Wow, because. You've, we've said many times that the, that the United States specifically and the rest of the Western civilization is deeply rooted in the Bible, but probably none more so than the United States. Um, so even though we get this idea of separation of church and state, we've been led to believe that faith and religion and God are not part of it, even though in God we trust and all the rest of it. But this is how we, we've turned the, you know lies into truth and truth into lies. This is modern society, right? Mm-hmm. So this is one of the very. This is a quote right out of one of the very first laws passed by the United States. So they they've already got their constitution now. The thirteen colonies are now thirteen states. This is their first expansion. So the first uh, new territories being coming into uh, into the country now. Um, this is Article Three from the Northwest Ordinance: Religion, morality, and knowledge being necessary to good government and the happiness of mankind schools and the means of education shall forever be encouraged notice they're not running the schools but encouraged um but that's unmistakable religion is necessary um we've got uh academia uh, academia hates you bringing out those facts you know you know how history has been revised in our in our educational institutions particularly in the last 30 40 years yeah and that's why i read it right out of the actual act yeah yeah that's that's the law passed by them so i appreciate you doing uh, i think that i uh, then i've got uh, a pamphlet here so the bible was actually taught in schools and I've got a, a, a pamphlet that was done from uh, Dr. Benjamin Rush. He was one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence. Um, he was promoting, again, that you know this is an excellent school book, being the Bible. Um, so before he even gets into the pamphlet, he restates his arguments, which he says, I shall assume the five following propositions that we're all in agreement. So before he even makes his case, these are five things that we can all agree on, he's saying to the people that he's writing this to. Back then they could America. all agree on it. Yeah. yeah. These are the five things that they can all agree on. That Christianity, remember, signer of the Declaration, that secular do- document, that Christianity is the only true and perfect religion, and that in proportion as mankind adopt its principles and obey its precepts, they will be wise and happy. Number two that a better knowledge of this religion is to be acquired by reading the Bible than in any other way. Number three, that the Bible contains more knowledge necessary to man in his present state than any other book in the world. Number four, that knowledge is most durable and religious instruction most useful when imparted in early life. 
meaning kids, number mm-hmm. five, mm-hmm. that the Bible, when not read in schools, is seldom read in any subsequent period of life, and that's even back then. Wow. You're talking like that's 17, between probably 1790 to 1820 around there. Uh, this are, this was pamphlet was done in 1791. Yeah, yeah. Um, then uh, I've also got from uh, another good resource that I sometimes go to is Wall Builders. This is David Barton out of the States. Mm-hmm. He's got the largest private collection of uh, revolutionary documents, like original documents, uh, in private hands. He has the largest collection. And he must, a lot be, of he it must be worth so- a pretty penny, that guy. Well, uh, he's obviously put it all into preserving all of this That's because I mean stuff. it's just a, it's an unbelievable museum of information. So he's got uh, copies of the what's called the Atkin Bible, um, which is the first Bible authorized by Congress. So what the little article here says is, and I'm on Well Builders. Um, it, it gives a little history. It says that uh, English language Bibles were not allowed to be printed in America before the Revolution. They all had to be imported. And when the British began to blockade, so as the Revolution begins, they, or as tensions were rising, um, because they hadn't really gone to war yet, but as it kept getting more and more hostile with each other, um, the British began to blockade materials coming into America, and that also included Bibles. So in 1777, so just one year after declaring uh, independence, and and they're now into the revolution, which goes on for about eight years, Mm -hmm. uh, America started having shortages of Bibles. So on July 7th, a request was placed before Congress to print or import more Bibles because, and this is a quote, unless timely care be used to prevent it, we shall not have Bibles in our schools and families and for the public worship of God in our churches. And that was the end quote. Congress concurred with the assessment and announced that, quote, Congress desired to have a Bible printed under their care and by their encouragement. They put a committee in charge of it, and the committee put this as a quote. The use of the Bible is so universal and its importance so great. Your committee recommend that Congress will order the Committee of Commerce to import 20,000 Bibles from Holland, Scotland, or elsewhere, into the different ports of the States of the Union. And that's now, the same people, that, it needs to be stated, Mike, yep. that that's the that's same the people, That's I know, that's the same people that sanctioned and created the idea of real separation of church and state. And, that's, and the reason is because all of these men who assembled in, in uh, Philadelphia at the time to... Uh, they formed their Congress to petition the British Crown. The British Crown declared war on them. They did not declare war on the British Crown. No, I know. So a lot of people get that kind of mixed up. So the King of England declared war on them. Um, so they, they then declared independence in 1776. So the war's already begun a year earlier. The, the shots had already started uh, being fired with, between each other before declaring independence. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the people in the Congress were, were Quakers, and they insisted and kept saying, we can't, we can't do this yet. We have to try every last avenue, because uh, Quakers uh, believe in peace. They, yeah, they don't pacifist. believe in conflict. Aren't yeah, yeah. So it, it got to the point where there was no choice, and they convinced uh, the, the Quakers to... Uh, they couldn't vote in favor of independence, but they abstained from the vote, which is tantamount to their supporting mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so they moved aside and allowed uh, 
you know, independence to be declared. But all of these guys, these are the men who formed that nation. Yep, yep. And they're saying that we need these Bibles. And, 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 and Canada, they also... Mike, you need to know, and I know you've researched a lot of the American side, but Canada was yep. no different. The only difference between Canada in its morality and its and its love for the Bible, the only difference, and it's a minor one, was there was a, there was a lot more Roman Catholic influence in Canada than there was in the states. Although Maryland, well, certainly okay, in Quebec, yeah, yeah certainly uh, Quebec. That's part of what kept Quebec out of the revolution. I, I because, know, uh, but Britain but they still but they still to a, they still to a great degree adhered to biblical morality just as much as the United States. Did. Oh yeah, yeah, and and that's important to say that even though the, the the Crown of England I think is a slight perversion of of the Bible and church. It's still rooted in the church. I mean, it's like nitpicking between Catholics and Protestants, yeah. who's, you know, we still believe certain tenets of absolutely. faith. We, we have way more in common things, than we don't. Absolutely. And, and, but the, again, this is to undo the damage of people believing that this is all about absence of faith or religion in God, in a Christian, in the Christian God. Yeah. And, and it was... And again, there were Jews in the United States as well. They were every bit as part of this, um, but it was mostly Christians that were forming this document. Yeah. But but Mike, um, you know, and I know that what the, what what uh, what the, uh, uh, what you term the progressives, the secularists, the atheists, the agnostics. I would yep. even go so far as to say the left wing. They have yep. successfully. They have successfully through oh at least two generations in our academic institutions revised history to the point where even Americans have no idea what you're talking about. It's been it's been yep. censored right just like 1984. Everything that you have said there has been censored out of our of our uh, academic historical uh, majors in universities and high school, so that this is people don't even believe you when you tell them that. You know, because when, it's, they've, they've so successfully, they've, they've so successfully, you know, flushed it out of uh, you know our cultural consciousness in North America. Now I'm still relatively new to you know being serious about my faith. So, uh, I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. And but as somebody who's been in, um, you've been Pentecostal your whole life. You've been. It, it must be. Hard, it's harder for me to rationalize or wrap my head around what it must be like. So you've got this group of men, they're, they're meeting in Philadelphia, they've all been declared treason. They're, 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 this is punishable by death. Yeah. And, and they were going to go after their families, too. Like, the, the crown meant business. They were going to teach these guys a lesson and make damn sure everybody else in the British-speaking world, which was worldwide at that point, the British Empire, that you'd never dare try this again. Yeah. So these guys are risking everything, and so... They come together, they're all men of faith, but they all belong to different doctrines, different churches. Imagine what that's like, to come together and decide, well, we don't agree on our church thing, you know, we all have different takes on it, Quakers and so forth, and yet they decide, we need to come together and we need to pray for God's help. They even end the Declaration of Independence with the, with the protection of divine providence. Mm-hmm. We mutually mm-hmm. pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honors. Mm-hmm. I mean... To get somebody, they didn't even care who at that point. They just wanted a minister in there. We need to get into God's favor here because we're out and we're out on our own. We this is for we need God's help or we're toast. Yeah. And they appealed to God. That's the whole point of it. 
And then even when they form their con- when they form their um, uh, constitutional convention, I mean these guys are some of the most brilliant men to have ever lived, and they're get together. And you'd think that ironing out a new constitution would be no problem. And after several weeks, these guys were ready to tear each other apart. Mm-hmm. And it was that's when Benjamin Franklin gets, stands up and gives that speech where he reminds them about. You know, how, how is it that we would even think to try this without first asking God humbly to help us? He helped us when we were in our contest with Great Britain. We all witnessed supernatural events. This is, I'm paraphrasing him, but this is what's in That's his what speech. he said, I know. And, I, I, and, I, I, and I've, I've read the so, unvarnished and uncensored accounts. And he, he moved that, you know, five weeks of this, we're clearly doing no better than the builders of Babel. We need God's help. Mm-hmm. And it was, uni- there was a little bit of discussion in the room, not that we shouldn't do it or that's stupid. No, no, it was more like, well, now we feel kind of stupid asking for God's help after the fact. But at the end of the day, they all realized, look, we can't do it without God. We need to get a preacher in here. Mm-hmm. So they got somebody in there and they retired and they went and prayed for several days. And then every day after that, they began every day with, with uh, prayer. Yeah, and before God even proceeding to the thing, I would suggest that God heard their prayer. Yeah, that's and that's why I say that God's fingerprints are all over that revolution. It's it's a very interesting. Well, when you get okay, but when you it's it, it's you can see the fingerprints of God all over it when you get an uncensored, unrevised version of it. Like, if you read the actual diaries of these guys and what they actually said, oh, my goodness, it puts a totally different spin than what's being taught in our high schools and universities across North America. Yeah, absolutely. It's like night and day. So you can can understand from these guys' perspective what that must be like to just worship together, Mm -hmm. that... I don't care what church you go to. You don't care what church I go to. The main thing is we need to talk to Jesus. We need to get in touch with the Lord, and we need his aid and his guidance. And in that, they found commonality. And there's where you're true, what Jefferson meant when he did use the sentence, year, you know, years later. He, that's what he meant by it. Yep. That was the separation, because now... You you know, it wasn't somebody didn't stand up in the room and force everybody to convert to their faith. We're yeah. not going to yeah. hold service until everybody agrees to my one. Yeah. That's what they were really about. It was all about respecting each other, and that's really what the Bible is teaching us. Yeah. Jesus did not want the disciples, and, and this comes out through Paul in his letters, the, God doesn't want us fighting and beating each other up over, well, you've got the sacrament wrong. No, you've got the sacrament wrong. Okay, let's go to it, pal. And <laughs> that's, not what, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be moving past those differences and just trying to understand and get closer to the Lord and then to have respect for each other. So that's really what separation of church and state is really meant. And, and again, that sentence was an obscure sentence. That's only become mainstream since that Everson, Everson versus the Board of Education decision, which is a Supreme Court decision in the United States. And then, bang, it went everywhere. And it now means you have to get God all out of everything, and the secular faith gets to take over everything. And that's, that's where we now are with it. But clearly when you go back and you start to read the words and the different laws, and one of these days i got to put time into, because I've heard quotes from David Barton, he's, He's very deep into the, re- the religious side of it and the founders and restoring that history. 
and he has read, I've heard him read passages from all of the, because each colony had to write their own uh, constitution, because as they separated from Britain, they needed their own to become a state, basically. Mm -hmm. So they had to form their own governments and their own constitutions at that point, and all of them have references. Well, they're teeming with scriptural references, yeah. Mike, great call oh, as yeah, usual. Oh, yeah, and that's another thing. All their speeches. I, I, these guys were so literate on the Bible. Just the way somebody like me who's, you know, I'm a TV ha- addict, I can, I can quote you all kinds of stuff that's useless. And, these and, and, guys knew the Bible so well because that's what they read all the time. I mean, their speeches are stealing quotes from all over the place. The Patrick Henry speech to give me liberty or give me death, he says... They cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. That's straight out of Scripture. Right out of the Bible, yeah. Mike, I got to let so, you go. Great call as usual, buddy. Okay. Soon Thanks. to have his, you heard it here first, folks, soon to have his own show. He's going to get his own talk show. Don't you think? Don't you think he could do a good job doing his own talk show? His own talk show? I think he could. No problem. Mike doesn't need callers to do a talk radio show, and that's the first requirement. If you need callers to do a talk radio show, you shouldn't be on talk radio. But I predict Mike is going to have his own show. Probably before, I would even say probably before the end of the year. If it's, it may be on the Late Night Council Network, I don't know. If not, I will be happy to promote wherever it is. Good, uh, good ally of the show, good contributor as well. Former call screener, too, you know, back when we... Back and we had a call screener. Are, are you wanting to have some fun here? I, I, I gotta. Are you ready for a kind of a corny old time gospel tune? Are you ready for me to to to, to play? I want to play a tune. I'm going to play a tune for you while I you know catch my breath here. I'm going to play a tune for you. The first time I heard it, I think I was six or seven years old. Okay, we're talking over fifty years ago, and I have I have loved this tune ever since. So I was delighted when I was, a, even when I was a teenager, listening to Ted Nugent and Led Zeppelin and Yes and, and Kansas and all those other bands that I grew up with. My dad used, we actually got the Blackwood Brothers. They, they ended up coming to our church quite a few times in Windsor, okay? This is a world-famous Southern Gospel Quartet that we would have come to our Windsor church. And uh, legendary. In fact, uh, a number of the guys, the Blackwood Brothers in the, in the, in the uh, 60s, uh, backed up Elvis Presley on a lot of his albums. In fact, you get the bass singer you're going to hear in this uh, this singer, J.D. Souther. J.D. Souther backed up Elvis on a lot of his tunes, okay? And uh, I just love this tune, okay? So have some fun with it, and we'll be right back in a couple minutes. I've got that old-time religion in my soul. I've got it, I've got it, you can have it, you can have it, if you want it, if you want it, you can get it, you can get it, you can get that old time religion in your soul. Oh yes, I've got it, I've got it, you can have it, you can have it, if you want it, if you want it, you can get it, you can get it, you can get that old time religion in your soul. Just like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all had it. Everyone, Peter, Paul, and Silas, too. Simon, Philip, and Bartholomew. James, the son of Zebedee. Thomas, Andrew, and Timothy. Malam, Martha, Lazarus. John, the Revelator, and Thaddeus. Moses, Aaron, and Joshua. Abraham, and Methuselah. Jeremiah, Hezekiah, Ezekiel, and Zebedee. Dyer, Solomon, Gideon, 
sons Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego Have that old time religion I know I've got it You can have it If you want it You can get it You can get that old time religion in your soul Oh yes, I've got it You can have it If you want it You can get it You can get that old time religion in your soul just like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all had it. Everyone, Peter, Paul, and Silas, too. Simon, Philip, and Bartholomew changed the song of Zebedee. Thomas, Andrew, and Timothy made a mob of Lazarus. John, the Revelator, and Thaddeus. Moses, Abraham, and Joshua. Abraham, and Methuselah. Jeremiah, Hezekiah, Ezekiel, and Zebediah. Solomon, Gideon, Job, Noah, and all his sons, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, had that old-time religion I know. Did you like that? Oh, I hope you enjoyed that. I mean, I never get tired of the Blackwood Brothers. I don't. You know, sometimes you just get in the mood for them. And... Hard finding their music, though. Man, alive. You can try to get on YouTube, you know, search engines. I don't think you can find them on I'm sure, yeah, you can probably find them on iTunes. 343-700-4390. We've had great calls tonight. Keep them coming. 343 343- 743390 in the capital region, 1 844 That is the long distance line all across North America, 1 844 So, have you learned how to tune into Late Night Council while you're driving in the car yet? I listen to online. I, I've got the iPhone, okay? The iPhone goes on one of them suction cup holders there on the windshield. And, uh, you know, I. I, I I love listening to Montreal sports radio because he can't get it. Sometimes it fades in out or, you know, Toronto or Winnipeg sports radio comes through on the Bluetooth through the, through the car system. It's, it's just like having normal radio. It is the wave of the future kids. And of course you already know that here you are. I just, you know, you can get us on the iPhone. You can get us on your Android, your iPads, your computers, and even in your car stereos, just rig it up a little. You don't get, you know, some of you seniors that are tuning in, get the kids to do it for you, okay? Oh, they're whizzes. Your seven or eight year old can do it. 343 700 4390. 1 is the email address. Got one of Eric's emails here. Eric sends me good stuff. And it's under six lines. That's why it gets on the air. We all want to get to heaven. A place we think of unimagined wonders and happiness. But does the Bible not state that there is a war being fought in the heavens? Will we be will we be involved in this war? Will we be fighting with God's angels against the fallen angels? Or will this battle be won before we arrive there? 
Well, Eric, it says in, in, in Revelation, and there are all sorts of interpretations. A lot of people believe that Revelation is to be not supposed to be taken literally, and there's all sorts of schools of thought. In fact, nobody was taking Revelation uh, literally. Um, I mean, we all believe in the end of all things. Everybody, uh, people that are in Orthodox Christianity believe that there's a heaven and believe that there's a hell, okay? Now, my Catholic buddies believe in purgatory, okay? I don't, okay? I don't see it in the Bible. I can't see enough scriptural support for it. Uh, it is based more on a Catholic tradition, but that's, you know, differences that I have, and we agree to disagree on that, okay? But when it comes to heaven and hell and eternity, most of Orthodox Christianity believes that those battles you're referring to, they're there to come in the future. Now, there is the Battle of Armageddon. The Armageddon, it's called the Battle of Armageddon because it names the location where that battle is going to take place. It's in the Valley of Megiddo, which is north of Jerusalem. Napoleon called it the most natural battlefield in all the world. Okay? And uh, the Battle of Armageddon comes from Megiddo, the Battle in Megiddo. Okay? It's a variation of that location. And uh, uh, the most common interpretation of that description in, in the Bible is that... Uh, there will be an attack on Israel once and for all to eradicate the Jewish nation and all uh, semblances of Christianity and the Judeo-Christian uh, world once and for all. And the armies of, of, the, of the world uh, come in to obliterate Israel. And just when they're about to be obliterated, Christ returns with his saints to pronounce judgment on the armies of the world that are trying to destroy Israel. And uh, that's probably one of the most common interpretations of that of the uh, of the Battle of Armageddon. Armageddon, of course, is it's used in pop culture to describe all kinds of you know end of the world scenarios. But that's what it is. Now, there's another battle, depending on how you interpret the scriptures. About uh, the Bible says that Satan will be loosed for a season, and there'll be a great war of deception. It'll be a great war in the heavenlies of of uh, uh, the devil and his minions, I guess, fighting against. Uh, uh, for one great last battle. Now, again, varying interpretations. Some people believe that that war is a battle of deception. It's a, it's a battle of, you know, of the minds of men, people that would describe themselves as amillennialists, which would be all of the church fathers before 1850 were amillennialists, and they believed that most of Revelation was to be taken allegorically and not literally, and they believed that um, you know, at the end of the age, the devil would be loosed for a season, unleashed to deceive as many as possible, and God would allow him power to test mankind, and then God would pronounce judgment on the devil, and, and he would, you know, there would be the new heavens and the new earth uh, uh, ushered in into this, you know, wonderful golden age. So any battles you're referring to, there's a spiritual battle going on right now, of course, for the souls of men. And uh, Scripture describes that. Ephesians 6 uh, 12 to 19 is probably one of the most eloquent and, and, and uh, uh, accurate descriptions of what of the spiritual battle that is being taken place right now in, in heavenly realms. And it's an encouragement of Paul to the church to, you know, to make sure that you've got the, uh, the breastplate of, of righteousness in place and the helmet of salvation and the belt of truth. You know, in other words, make sure your faith is strong so you'll be able to stand when the day of evil comes. 
And uh, uh, that's sometimes you, you may have heard the term spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is going on all the time right now as, as deception is trying to lead people astray and the light of truth is trying to get people back to what, you know, brings light and brings joy and, and brings sanity to our world. You hear me refer to uh, uh, we're living in a Romans 1, 18 to 32 culture. Well, it eloquently describes demonic deception. It adequately describes rebellion against God and, and biblical morality. So God says, okay, you can you know, there are two types of people in the world. There are people that pray to God and say, thy will be done. And the rest of them are the people whom God says to, okay, have it your way. And when you have it your way, it's perfectly described in Romans 1, 18 to 32, what happens. That all semblance of morality, all semblance of normality gets thrown out the window and we have we have moral anarchy reigning, which is, it's my opinion, and if you want to call in and talk about the other side, feel free. I think that's where we're at right now. Speaking of spiritual warfare, speaking of the devil, I mean, who would ever thought that a spokesperson battling against porn, pornography, Okay, the war against pornography, another crusader against the depravity of pornography, it seems, has come to the fore. And it's none other than former Saturday Night Live star and movie star Chris Rock. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're not going to get this in mainstream media. No way. And if you go to ChristianPost.com, you can read the story for yourself, the whole thing. I'm just going to give you a little bit of it here. Yeah, Chris Rock. I'm not making this up, okay? I'll give you a bit of the article here. Comedian and actor Chris Rock has joined the list of celebrities in Hollywood who are speaking out against porn and the effect it had on their life and marriage. While on his total blackout comedy tour last week, Rock opened up about struggling with a porn addiction that ended his 16-year marriage to Malik Compton. According to the Inquisitor, Rock confessed that his addiction to pornography created a wedge between him and his now ex-wife. He also admitted to having difficulty making eye contact, often missing social cues, and sometimes not even talking to Compton at all. And it also went on to say that Rock is now on a quest to strengthen, and this is his words, strengthen his faith. I wish him well. In fact, I, I'm, 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 you know what? I should be praying. We all should be praying. If you've got faith in Christ, you ought to be praying for that guy. I got a son that works in Hollywood, okay? He works for Disney. So all of my vacations now, I don't get a lot of vacation, but I want to be with my boy. So, I mean, the, him and his wife, they come home at Christmas time, and we go to L.A. I've been, I have always hated L.A. I can't stand it. I don't like the culture. I don't like the politics. It's superficial. I mean, think about it. An entire geographical location that is based on lying, pretending to be something that you're not. That's what acting is, okay? Creating fantasies, Okay. Now, it's not all that bad because some of the most powerful and wonderful and, and, and you know, uh, uh, supernaturally powered churches are based in, in, in L.A. County. You know, in the middle of the darkness, there's amazing light being shone there. OK, so I'm very familiar. I'm, and, and, and as I go down there, I get more used to it and I hang out there and have a good time. And, and, and I'm getting more used to what really, really goes on in Los Angeles. OK, and I can tell you right now. 
anybody who's in the entertainment industry that professes a faith in Jesus Christ, oh my goodness, you get blackballed real quick. If you start st- if you start speaking out against the uh, you know uh, you know the morality that is pervasive in Hollywood, you, you are going to pay a price in your career. One of the guys that 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 pounded this before he died. In fact, he just completed his book two days before he died. Was the original host of the Tonight Show, Steve Allen. His book was called Barbarians at the Gate, and I remember having his son-in-law. And his wife, Jane Meadows, they were on my show on the previous radio station, oh, about 12, 13 years ago. And somewhere in my library, I've got the book Barbarians at the Gate. And you talk about an insider nailing Hollywood for its irresponsibility and the immorality that it has portrayed and it has promoted for decades. It, it, it absolutely blew me away. And really, when, it, when you come down to it, Chris Rock is the guy that says, you know, this pornography ruined my marriage. And I, I'm wanting to reconnect with my faith again, okay? It's the abandonment of faith that makes people sitting ducks for demonic attack and demonic deception. And it doesn't matter. The devil doesn't care how rich and powerful these people are. Okay. It doesn't matter how rich and powerful. The devil's smarter than we are, folks, a lot smarter. He's the most brilliant liar in all of creation, Jesus said that when he lies, he speaks his native language. And here's the trick. All his lies make sense. All his lies are believable. And he has access to all sorts of wealth, and he makes sure that those lies get perpetrated. And, 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 and I mean, people that don't have the spirit, a spiritual light in their life, people that don't have the light of Christ, are you kidding? There's no way they can stand up at that, against that kind of deception. That's why I have no I have no problem being merciful and 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 you know being gracious to people who are bound by sin. I can't live this life without Jesus. How do I expect somebody who's not following to Christ to not fall you know uh, uh, a victim to the deceptions and to the uh, to, to the virus death spreading you know a uh, uh, a disease that is sin? And he always makes it look good. Always, oh you know like party on you know. Short-term gain, don't worry about the long-term consequences, you know? Live for the weekend. Well, Chris Rock got his butt kicked and probably, you know, lost a marriage. And the woman that he loved, you know, he was, he probably you know, bought into the devil's lie. Oh, it's not going to hurt. You know, yeah, just you're in total control. It took over his life. And I'm sorry, I've counseled too many people, be it addicted to drugs, be it addicted to alcohol, be it addicted to pornography, be it addicted to gambling, who all think they're in control until they're so out of control that, 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 that you know, their lives are destroyed. There's a scripture in 1 Corinthians that says, everything is, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Yeah, I've got freedom in Christ. Yeah, my salvation does not depend on being a good boy. I mean, I follow Christ because I, he's my only hope. I can't live this life. But the only way you're going to be able to free from sin is to spend enough time with Christ that he starts transforming you. Romans 12 talks about it. Paul writes to the church and he says, look, it, I don't want you acting like everybody else, okay? Because everybody else, Jesus was the one that said narrow is the way that uh, leads to salvation. Few find it. Broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many go down that road. Let me read Romans 12. 1. So therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in other words, he earlier in the in the book says that, you know, when you are at your worst, 
Christ loved you enough to die for you, to be tortured to death? You know, what motivated him to hang in there and take all that? His love for people that, that you know, were sinful and didn't even care about him. Long before you ever got your thought that, you know, you were going to get your act together. When you were at your worst, Jesus loved you enough to die for you then. So that's what he's referring to when he says, in view of God's mercy, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In other words, you're going to have spiritual insight. You're going to know the mind of God. Wouldn't that be something to have the mind of God? To have the, that's what he's talking about. You're going to have the mind of God. Matthew 5, 8 says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That doesn't mean blessed are the perfect. It means blessed are the pure. You, the only way you could have a pure heart, because Jeremiah 79 says the heart is desperately wicked above all things, deceptive above all things. Who could know it? The only way you could have a pure heart is to have Christ come in and, 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 and accept what he's done the blood that he shed for your salvation and say, hey, I want in on that. Come in. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me. Take this life. Whatever I got to do, Jesus, come in. Forgive me my sin. Come into my life. And whatever counsel's talking about, I want to get in on that, God. I mean, don't wait until you got the right prayer. Look at uh, Acts 2.21 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. Whoever. The worst of the worst, the conniving, the, the worst conniver, the worst con artist. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I guess he weighs the motives better than anybody. He knows who's conning and who's not. Boy, if that doesn't offer you hope, that's the best I got for you tonight. Man, alive. I mean, if Chris Rock can recognize his need of spiritual help, I would suggest he's on the right path. Going to be praying for that dude. I promise you. What have I got here? Ah, let's play a little more Black Hole Sun here. You know, no, nah, I don't know if I want to play that. Do I want to? No, nah, I don't want to do that. You know what? We'll, I'll figure it out. You just stay with me. We'll be back in a couple minutes.
So I'm reloading and taking a much-needed break with this here pre-recorded message. You can get a line right now while I'm doing that. 343-743-390. That's 343-743-390. That's uh, the Capital Region line. That's Ottawa, Gatineau, and close by. If you live far away, the toll-free line all across North America, 1-844-LNC is on. That's 1-844-562-4766. 1-844-562-4766. Our call service is automated. So you won't be talking to a live person until you're on air. Now, don't sweat that. Just follow the on-air prompts, and uh, you'll be fine. Trust me, you've handled this kind of technology before. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You can connect with us live at TuneInRadio.com or Google Play, or just click the Listen Live button at LateNightCouncil.com. But, you know, chances are you've already done that. Just kind of a reminder. Council does not exist without advertisers. So if you want to buy time, email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. And the rates are so cheap because, you know, we're just relaunching and getting things going again. You are going to absolutely love the rates. And, of course, your feedback is always welcome. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And thanks for tuning in. We're back live in just a few seconds. So hang in there. out of time so if you want to get a call in you got to get calling pretty fast 343-700-4390 that's 343-700-4390 in the capital region 1-844-562-4766 that's 1-844-562-4766 if you're calling from frenchman's cove newfoundland if you're calling from gobbler missouri if you're calling from buttsville new jersey or if you're calling from Looneyville, West Virginia, all real places, folks, I promise you. 1-844-562-4766, jc at latenightcouncil.com. I don't know if I'm going to be able to peruse that, though, you know, before you, before I can deem it airworthy. So I don't mean, I don't mind getting Marlene's email here. 
referring back to you know the whole uh, the discussion we were having on on funding uh, for religious schools. Catholics sure do special needs education right. Completely different attitude towards these kids. Yeah, I know, Marlene. I, I should I should have mentioned that uh, my wife, who's a teacher, has taught in a, a, a private Christian school system. She's taught in the public system. She's taught in the Catholic system. And my kids as well. My kids, you know, have been in Catholic schools. They've been in Christian schools. They've been in public schools. So I, I know the differences between all of them. And uh, quite a marked difference. And uh, I, I just have real issues with, you know, our public system forcing the religion of secularism and atheism on kids, you know. And they have their prophets, just like, you know, the religious people have their prophets. Their prophets are David Suzuki and Stephen Hawking and Richard Dawkins and everybody else that wants to, you know, promote that, you know, the secular mindset, which is a faith, you know. Oh, how can you say that? Hey, look, it's a faith, okay? One of the tenets of secularism is evolution. And there's no God, and we got here by accident, and all we are is you know, just, just some, you know, protoplasm that evolved after it got hit by light. And they still haven't explained how life was created, and their their attempts at explaining it are, are laughable. If it wasn't for the fact that their dogma is accepted and promoted, and if you try to criticize it and point out the utter ridiculous fallacies of it, you get ridiculed. They wouldn't have a leg to stand on. And I don't know how many times I've used this analogy, but it it, 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 it bears repeating over and over and over. It seems as though, you know, it doesn't matter how much sense it has. It, it, it's just like there, there's spiritual blindness that's wreaking havoc in our culture today. Well, it's not a faith. Yes, it is. If you believe, if you believe, okay, for instance, if you don't think there's a God, if you don't think there's a creator, if you think that we, we're an accident and we happen by some happenstance, you have to believe this, that nothing plus nothing times billions, no, plus billions of years times blind chance equals everything. That's what you believe. And I would suggest if you believe that, you got way more faith than I do, way more faith than I do. That is a spectacular amount of faith there. So don't tell me it's not a religion. It's void of any religion. That is that is that is about as religious as you can get. That is 100% hardcore dogma right there. I don't follow a lot of people on Twitter. I have friends that follow. I got one buddy he follows 60,000 people. How in the world do you follow 60,000 people? He just follows everybody that follows him. How do you, like, you know, I don't want to hear what everybody's saying. If somebody's got something of value and they're intelligent, and they're putting out stuff all the time, yeah, I want to follow those. So I follow about 104, 105 people. One of the guys I've been following in the last two months, and I'm glad I've hooked on to this guy is actor James Wood. Now, James Wood is not a big Hollywood performer, but you would probably recognize him if you saw him. He was a a, a, a star in uh, the TV series ER. He was in the movie Casino. He was the voice of Hades in the Disney version of Hercules. Okay? So he's he's been a... He, he's done a lot of stuff in Hollywood. Okay? And I like him I, I because he says a lot of good things. Okay? Let me give you the latest. Of course, you know, the, the media is just anything. The anti-Trump hatred is just off the charts. And I, ju- I just love the way he's shaken up media because these people needed shaken up for decades. 
Anyway, I'll give you the uh, uh, the article from Christian Post again. Actor James Woods slammed Planned Parenthood president Cecile Richards last Sunday. This is Mother's Day last week for advising her supporters on how to say I love you, mom, despite her organization's glaring reputation as an as an abortion industry. Now, this is what she said. Okay, the president of Planned Parenthood. Nothing says I love you, mom, like standing up for the right of mothers everywhere to get the care they need. Richards tweeted on Mother's Day, along with a link to an op-ed she wrote for Time Magazine. Of course, Time Magazine, they give you know space to anybody that's pushing this type of morality. Criticizing the effect of Donald Trump's American Health Care Act on mothers. Okay? I mean, he's tightening, he's putting restrictions on abortion, finally, in the States. You know, they've been screaming for it for decades, okay? Woods, now Woods answered this, okay? Now remember, this is what Cecile Richards, President Parent Parent, had tweeted out. She said, nothing says I love you, Mom, like standing up for the right of mothers everywhere to get the care they need. Translation, get abortions on demand, okay? Because that's what they traffic in. Woods, who is a Roman Catholic and conservative... A rarity in Hollywood, oh my goodness. Quickly pointed out the irony in Richard's call when he responded with a tweet of his own saying, are you ready for this? This is brilliant. Hard to say I love you, mom, from a medical waste dumpster. Hashtag defund Planned Parenthood. And it says in the article that he was retweeted 7,000 times on that. Yeah, well, I was one of the guys that retweeted him on that. I thought it was brilliant. Expose the hypocrisy for what it is. See why I follow the guy. I'm a little bit sad now because I get two really good major stories. Maybe we'll be able to fit them in next week. I don't know. But I will say thank you for tuning in. I will say we're back at it again next Sunday night at 9 o'clock. Nick at night, you can listen to him on Wednesday night. If you like the political side of things, okay, he's much more political than me, and you can listen to him right here on LateNightCouncil.com. Yep, and the podcasts of both of our shows are available. If you just search around the website and the website's being updated, okay, I've already seen the prototype of what's coming, okay? It's going to be much more user-friendly, a lot easier to find stuff on it. It's coming, folks. It's coming, okay? Have yourself a delightful Victoria Day weekend. Good night.